we are back in the football shed. My name's John Hewitt. Jeff King is here. G'day. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. Are we all well? Yeah. I see that um, Jeff's got a new drink this week. (laughs) He had champagne last week. This week he's on Bloody Mary's. No, no, there's logic. There's logic. I've got a sore throat, right? So when you've got a sore throat, you drink Bloody Mary. I've just never heard this. I, I don't think it is. I think your logic is more that you're a massive tight ass and you've still got leftover booze from your wedding. And <laughs> you're now down to the cheap vodka and cheap tomato juice you just that we bought for Bloody Mary. This is well, all left well, over from the wedding. Look, that has facilitated the old wives' tale of Bloody Mary's for, for a sore throat. But it's good, you know, spicy. Spicy is good for a sore throat. Good for your nose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like the fact that you bought Tabasco and a spoon too for mixing. I've got to mix it, yeah. Oh, do you know, I was really worried about the ice. I was like, how do I bring ice to the shed? But the shed's cold. I should have just done it. So you got no ice in there? I know, what, what a joke. Oh, you can't have Bloody Mary joke. without ice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, stop the shed. <laughs> we'll start again. But uh, welcome to the nice football shed, everyone. Sound, you know? <laughs> um, anyone new to the shed, uh, we are a weekly podcast by three English blokes that live in Melbourne. Um, we try and watch lots of football, but because we live in the wrong time zone, it gets pretty tricky. Um, and we have lives and children and stuff, so it's just hard work. But we get into the shed each week, Jeff's shed. And talk football. Um, if you enjoy it, give us a review on iTunes, preferably a nice one. Um, subscribe and tell your mates. If you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at footballshed.podcast at gmail.com or find us on social media, just search Football Shed Podcast. And we appear and we're all there. Do we, do we, do we ever check that email address? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, we yeah, do where get does emails. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is emails in there. And when I say we, I don't mean me, because I don't. Yeah. Have we ever got an email? Yeah, we have. They're not good enough to read out, though. We need better ones. Yeah, I'd, I'd get excited if, if yeah. we got an email. Okay. Well, someone should send us a better email, and we'll read it out next week. Wow. Um, but every week, we start with a question. Can I ask a question this week? Yeah, sure, if you want. Okay. Well, that's yeah. throwing me a bit. Hold on. Well, it's because I, I usually win on to go first. So, how many countries have been represented in the Premier League? Of all time? Premier League era. So, since 92... How many countries is there? 192? Approximately. I say that because there's a few... Um, questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a few um, revolts happening at the moment. 113. That's quite a lot. Okay, maybe I'll go up a little bit less. I'll go... 89. This is fucking outrageous, John. It's 113. <laughs> 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 Yes. Wow. <laughs> this is why I asked the question. You've read it, haven't you? No, I haven't. No, no I genuinely no idea. Um, so this year, the 113th, and it was the Philippines. Uh, the oh, Car- the goalkeeper. Cardiff goalkeeper, Etheridge. Yeah, wow. He is the 113th nationality to That's be represented lot, in, the, in the Premier League. Out of 192-ish countries, that is... Have you got any comparison, like, uh, you know, with Spain or Italy or any other big leagues? Yeah, so Spain is also a country in Europe, and (laughs) so is France. What are you referring to? (sighs) Well, it's not, you know, it's a good stat on its own, but it would be nice to know how many nationalities have played in some of the other big leagues to... You know. It's the last time I ask a question, John. It's you next week. Go on. <laughs> next week, the question will be, how many countries have <laughs> you got to be pre- prepared for my question? <laughs> ah. um, well, does that mean I get to go first because I won? Yeah. Well, whilst I'm wearing my Man United top, I feel like we should talk about Man United losing 3-0 at home to Spurs on Monday night slash Tuesday morning. Oh, you watched now, the game, didn't you? I watched the whole game. Um Aside from talking about the game, I kind of wanted to come at it from a slightly different angle um, and look at players, the top six, 
signed in January. So not the transfer window just gone, but before. So Man City bought Laporte, who's done pretty well. Scored a goal. Yep, scored a goal this weekend. Liverpool bought Van Dijk, who's made their defence excellent. Spurs bought Lucas Moura, who scored twice against Man United. Arsenal bought Abemiang, who's done pretty well. Chelsea bought Giroud, who's done okay. I even added Everton here because Walcott was signed in January <laughs> and has done pretty he's well. He's got two goals and assists in three games. And all those players that those teams have bought, there seems like they fitted in the team. They, they were a player that that team needed to make them better. Which doesn't always happen in January. No. Man United bought Alexis Sanchez. We already had Martial and Rashford who play in the same position. Do you know what the past tense of fit is? No. Fat. <laughs> Fat in the team. Yeah, good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Stick to your bloody Mary's joke. They do play in that way. Stodge. Um, but basically, Man United bought Alexis Sanchez. And I just thought, I was thinking about watching the game and I was just like, we've bought at Man United a lot of players that don't seem to fit into a system. There's no kind of rhyme or reason. It's just Mourinho going, oh, I want this guy, I want that well, guy. So my question There's is, no... who is that on? Because is... Is Mourinho responsible for the transfer policy at Man United? Yes. So he goes to the chairman, Edward Wood, or Iwuwuwu, um, with a list. And he's like, I want, a pl- I want a centre-back, and he's my top three. And he's like, can I have him, can I have him, can I have him? And then they'll try and get them, but they may go, no, this guy's too old, or we can't afford him, or we don't want to get him because he's got an injury record or whatever. Um, but then he goes with the list and then they come back and go, we'll go for this guy. And then if he doesn't want him, we go, no, we don't want him. Because obviously over the summer he wanted a few players that haven't, they, yeah. they didn't sanction the No, the but he signing. bought Bailly and Lindelof, the two centre-backs, for 30 million plus, And now he's like, oh, they're not good enough. So you've got to blame him because it's him buying these players at his request. He bought Mkhitaryan and then went, Oh yeah, I don't really like him, and he, and from I can't, I'm not convinced by Fred either, and he was fifty six million pounds. Everyone said he didn't buy anyone in the summer. Fifty six million pounds. People talk about Richarlison. Yeah. Fifty six million pounds for Fred. I've watched. All he can't th- spanner his own face. <laughs> I've watched all three games for Fred, and he is he's kind of a scuttler. He just runs around a lot, like a crab. Uh, yes, and he's not so another Lingard. Yeah, but further back. Yeah, um, he's like Kante. a defensive crab. Yeah, he's like Kante, but not as good. He's okay on the ball. He doesn't look match fit, but he gets in the Brazil squad, so he must be okay. But I, yeah, I don't really rate him. See, I, I'm not completely sure that Mourinho does have complete autonomy on. I, I think that I think the United hierarchy have to wear some of the blame with the disjointed squad that United have. I'm not trying to. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not trying to give Mourinho an out, but yeah. I. I think it, if they knew the manager they were appointing when Mourinho was appointed yeah. two seasons ago, mm-hmm. um, you're bringing him in for a reason, and I think you have to. You have to back him in because he's he's shown he's been very successful in what he's done in the past. I, I, I don't think it's working anymore. I think he's lost his direction as a as a coach. Um, I think he's. It doesn't seem like he can get that balance right between defence and attack anymore yeah. like your Mourinho's and I, even I was reading something this week um, you know last season generally Phil Jones and Smalling played, played they yeah. played again at the weekend yeah. 
but in a really weird formation with Herrera also they played a back playing three. Back three. Yeah. No, okay. I, and yeah. I'm going to sound quite belligerent, I think, on today's pod, because there's a few results I don't think represent the games, and I don't want to just come across as argumentative. Yeah. However, I'm going to be argumentative. Yeah. I think there's part of what Mourinho said in that press conference that's right. No, I, I'd, agree, I, I'd agree. I'm going to go there. I just, But I'll just... What I would say on the centre-backs is Smalling and Jones played at the weekend, but they also played last year, generally. It was Smalling and Jones, and they generally played the year before. Yeah. And Man United generally had one of the best defensive records yeah. in, in the league. Yeah. So, I mean, it, yes, Bailly and Lindelof haven't been a success, but he can get the defensive side of it right. But it's kind of I feel like this year he's lost it even more, and he's gone away from knowing what he's good at with the defensive side of things and now they're not a great attacking team in fact they're horrible to watch and it's like watching these bits and pieces that don't fit together very well but they also haven't got that defensive solidity um but I agree with you if you're going on about how they play having watched a bit more of the game Lukaku should have scored first half and I was going to ask you in terms of you watched the whole game I've only seen the mini match yeah but to me, in the first half, United did boss some The first some 30 spell. minutes, United were excellent. Um, they came out with a three, uh, three-man defence with Herrera playing the right side of a three. Which, I mean, was slightly odd, but he's a good marker. He's not good in the air at all because he's small, but he, he man-marks quite often in defensive midfield if they've got a star player or whatever, and he'll follow them around. They started well, and they started like they had a plan and they knew what they were going to do. Spurs looked a bit shocked by the formation. They were a bit like, what's going on? After about half an hour, you could see Spurs were gradually getting back into it. They sussed out what was going on. They were like, oh, this is a bit different or whatever, and they changed it a little bit. Half-time, Spurs come in, and they came out, and they tweaked their team, and they just ran right. They just ran straight over United. How did they change? Uh, I think they just... Um, Mora played further up. Maybe. Yeah, they played yeah, Mora. Yeah, they found like, a space behind the wing-backs, and they... Yeah, and they put... Kane went to the left a bit, so Kane and Deli Alli basically stood on Herrera. And if you've got Kane and Deli Alli against Herrera, those two are going to win, so... Yeah, but... Okay, so if you... Take an ice cream away from a child, yes. and the child has a paddy and fucking shoots someone and wets himself. Yeah. Right, shooting someone and wetting yourself is not good. Okay, mm. but if you've nicked his ice cream, you get it. Yeah. So I think Mourinho, that, that is yeah. a, that's what happened. Right, he shouldn't have wet himself and yeah. shot someone. But I understand why he was frustrated with with the the rhetoric that was being delivered to him after that game because we, we view Mourinho like he's a static manager you just said it Rog that, that he hasn't evolved doesn't know a style of play however in the first half he went to three at the back he didn't do what he would always usually do against a big side which is just shut up shop go for nil nil one nil one all and then great we'll, we'll beat the shit teams and draw against the good teams and win the league he intentionally didn't do that he went attacking he went a really high back line against a very quick team and in the first half before they sussed him out when they should should have been two goals up. Yeah. He he created something that no one expected. But do you think that's good? Because to me, that means he's questioning. He's he is a manager that has never ever questioned himself in his whole career, and 
to be doing that to me suggests that he is now not sure and so I don't know if that's a good but thing but then he can't win so I understand why he's wetting himself and, and shooting people because he, as far as he's concerned he's going well I can't win you tell me I'm too negative you tell me I, I don't pick the right team I don't change enough leave these players on the bench and then suddenly he changes his formation and he changes his style of play to counteract what he knows will be coming to visit their home ground and yet he still gets a ring. He, so I get it but. he's never He's never listened to the press ever. I, I think I think we can only read so much into that. I think that um, I think it says something about his levels of frustration. But Mourinho's never given a shit about what the press say about him. And if he was winning, you know, this wouldn't this wouldn't happen. And I I, I think he has lost his way a bit. I mean, he used to have this. He used to have a very similar attitude to the way he has now. But he had a bit of a twinkle in his eye. Yeah, and he could. Yeah, there was and something ironic there was and something, there was a joke about it. And, yeah. and now, but he still had that hard edge. But now that's gone. And, and he's I think just he like also, bitter. He also used to have, when he was at Chelsea and stuff, he had all the players on his side. Yeah. Like, everyone was behind him. Everyone would die for him on that pitch. Whereas, I don't feel like there's any Man United players at the moment that are really bought into what he's doing. Although, the at the end of the game, one thing that has come out of it is him going over to Luke Shaw. Yeah. And it's been well documented, obviously, him sticking to the, yeah. the boot into Luke Shaw, but he went over straight after the game and you know basically told Shaw that he was the best player on the ground and gave him a but hug also, and then clapped the fans. But if you watch what how that all panned out, he goes over to Luke Shaw and gives him a slightly awkward hug. Yeah, um, and then he goes over to Pogba and Serge Aurier, who's the Spurs fullback, whose name I forgot two weeks ago, and now I'll never forget. Mm. Um, and Pogba and him are best mates from playing youth football together, and Pogba and him were having a chat. Mourinho comes to kind of talk to them and they literally just ignore him like just they just blank him like he comes to talk to them and they just kind of turn their backs on him and just go yeah we don't want to talk to you then he goes on his own to clap the fans there's only about 2,000 fans left, left yeah. everyone else is gone and he stands there for an awkward amount of time like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a good 90 seconds of just him clapping straight at the crowd and staring at them So he, but he knows what he's doing he knows that the TV cameras around the world are picking up on that. Conversations are about that. What he's doing is he's, he's composing a situation after a bad defeat, just like he's always done his whole life. He's creating a, a, a plot. And the plot is that he, the, the fans that are loyal, that have stayed there, that didn't leave before the end, are there applauding their team, and he's going to go over and he's going to stay there for as long as every single camera in the ground can stare at him doing that to, to show this unity that he has with the dedicated supporters, the ones that believe in him. He knows that's being beamed around the world. And, and he knows that he can come out and come in a press conference and he can be a petulant little wet-yourself child. But he knows that there's just enough truth and reality in what he's saying. That those loyal fans, and there might be some loyal fans at, at home who are watching it who still aren't on the anti-Mourinho bandwagon, can go, look, he respects these people who are dedicated to him and actually there's part of what he says that's right. So I actually think that but he probably, he's you're a, right. He doesn't though. It's completely contrived. He's just it's, com- he's, it's completely contrived. Yeah. But he's he's setting up that rhetoric. But I think that is is a type of managerial genius. And but did he do that with his lineup too though? Because I mean, to 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 change the six players in the team, mm. but also to play an untested formation that you haven't played this season at all or in pre-season in a big game is a bit odd. And did he play Herrera in the back three to say to Woodward 
I've got no one else to play there. But I've got no centre. But what's the point no. of doing it now when you can't sign anyone until yeah. January? Because it's the kind of thing that Mourinho does to make a but, point. But because he's, to make, he's, he's bigger than all the these club. Points, but in reality, if all the players don't believe in it and you're not winning games, then it doesn't matter. No, which is why I think you're fine. Yeah, because because he's on a he's not. I think it's become more about. It's become more about him trying to show that he's doing what he can to make Man United successful rather than trying to make Man United successful. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I, yeah. That's a really that's good, a good point, point, and you yeah. put it well. I, I also um, read an interesting set of statistics, which I wish I'd taken down before the pod, but talking about his uh, his old assistant, his old head coach. Yeah, uh, the guy who the left guy, in the summer. Yeah, and he's gone to get. He went to be a full time manager somewhere. Oh, has he yeah. got like the long, longish hair? Really yeah, so, so he's yeah. been with Mourinho for 19 years yeah. as one of his uh, technical first team, yeah. one of his like core coaching. Was yeah, it's at Porto. Yeah. It's been the, been the whole way from Porto yeah. all the way through. And then this is the summer that he's not here and look at the mess they're in. Yeah. And that, you know, it's easy to put two and two together and, and get four from that. I'm not yeah. sure whether it's whether it's a yeah. fact, but you've got to think that he's, he's missing a bit of direction at the moment. Yeah, and at, like Michael Carrick... Um, is now his assistant and Michael Carrick came up to him a lot during the game and was talking to him so which I think is good shows he's got input into what's happening and stuff um, but also it's difficult for Michael Carrick who's gone from one year being a player to being a manager to kind of it's a very difficult change to suddenly have that authority position yeah. um, but I he, he's lost the dressing room in my opinion they don't want to play for him and a lot of the big players don't want to play for him I think Pogba doesn't and that's a problem and I think yeah. once you've got lost Pogba you've lost a lot of the other people you said last week when I uh, mentioned Zidane's name that that yeah. wasn't going to happen no. I saw uh, it's persisting these reports I, I, I saw something else this week that cited someone who knows it like last week yeah. it was conjecture this week someone cited a conversation someone cited so it's not going away. And you know how that works in football. When Do these things think, don't okay. go away. But the club, I thought it was interesting to see how strongly the club came out and backed him. Oh, that's the, that's Spurs, the kiss Spurs of death game. though, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I don't I don't know if I did read it like that. I mean, I, I thought it was a bit unusual. I mean, we'll see if they don't get a result against Burnley this week. Yeah, exactly. Be interesting <laughs> the the thing is with Man United is it's not just a football club, it's a business. And they have shareholders mm-hmm. and they have a stock price. And if the club wasn't to come out and back him, it's a turbulent time with their share price. They've, they've got people who make money out of that thing. So if the club don't say anything and you have True. another two weeks worth of discontent, well, that, that plummets their value. They've, Whereas they've got to come out and back him until they've got a plan B. And then they go, ah, oh, see you later, Mourinho. Tomorrow, Zidane's coming. That means there's only one day of fluctuation in the cost. The big thing that the core fans that still are behind Mourinho, they think that's the problem with the club more so is that the focus is on the business side um, because um, Edward Wood came out and said that we didn't have to play a game this year and we could still make money um, and our share price went up 2% on Tuesday after the game anyway like it's because all these things are coming out they're like well it's a bit gross it's gross it? yeah, yeah it's you're horrible just, yeah you're just making money making and this money. was your I remember talking to you this was your fear when the when the Glazers bought the yeah, club yeah, remember yeah. it and, and Fergie papered over the cracks when when that happened but actually now it's become a behemoth that's too yeah. big for itself yeah. um, talking about Mourinho losing the dressing room losing the players mm. uh, in the first half Lukaku was guilty of missing a couple of decent chances he had one in particular um, that he really should have scored and I thought in the World Cup he looked really sharp Mm. Um, and he looked sluggish again I mean is that 
is that Lukaku? Is that a Mourinho effect? Is that like what do you? I I reckon um, it's a kind of a Mourinho effect. I think it's a living in fear. It's like we've all had bosses at work that we don't actually enjoy working for, and you're tense, and you go into a meeting and you feel nervous, and you're tense, and you don't perform. They're as erratic, well. yeah, yeah, and you don't know what your reaction you're gonna get. Um, and I think that's the problem with Mourinho with the players. I think someone like Lukaku, I think, believes in Mourinho, but also is petrified of the guy. Um, and is so scared of getting it wrong that he gets it wrong because he's tense. Lukaku's best when he just relaxes and just bulldozes his way through and scores. When he has a manager who puts his arm around him the whole time and calls him the best player in the world, he scores bucket loads yeah. of goals. He wants to be the main man. And that's yeah. right, and yeah. and he works well under Martinez. He worked yeah. well under Martinez at Everton, scored a bucket load, works well for his national team under Martinez because Martinez, all he does is just like gobble him up with his big lips. Well, I, I, I took a um, screenshot the other day because I was reading about United and then there was a Liverpool training picture that came up and all the players just looked happy. Yeah. They look like they're in, you know, it's just training. But they're just, just having a good they're time. clearly, and uh, it was like Shakiri, Solanke, and a couple of others that aren't actually necessarily playing, yeah. but they just look happy to be involved. And I don't know if United have that. I mean, but but I think they did. It was interesting to see him try something different, and yeah. it, it could have worked because I think they did miss a couple of chances in the first half, but they also did get found out. I thought the. Um, for Mora's first goal, yeah. Um, I mean, I think the Spurs' first goal is Harry Kane being good and Phil Jones not being yeah, not strong being enough. as good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the Mora's first goal, it was just like watching a defence that doesn't play together. Uh, like Tony Adams would have been, and the Arsenal back four would have been turning in, in their graves. Cause, He's not dead yet. No, he <laughs> but, uh, oh, yes, Are any of them dead? Is no, Parler no, dead? No, Steve Bolt? Funeral Parler. <laughs> oh, but I can't believe I gave him an opportunity. You know? But um, the uh, Smalling steps up. Yeah. Stick, no sticks there. his arm up mm. and then Herrera's like you know five, five yards Acres line and you're just like come on like, yeah. it just was it was painful to watch and yeah. I'm like Man United don't defend like that like yeah. you only conceded 28 goals yeah. in the whole of last season yeah and we uh, like De Gea was brilliant but I, I just um, but and Spurs look good like yeah. I was more look good um, well, on, we've got to move on from May 19 I'm yeah. going to say one last thing though. we conceded two goals in two minutes this week and two goals in two minutes last week that's a team lacking confidence Yeah, because you, your head goes down you don't go oh no it's alright we've got a goal down we'll turn it around we'll score in a minute they go oh shit we fucked up again oh we're going to get in trouble oh no we cocked up oh we've done it again and it, that's hugely a team without confidence and not believing in themselves and what they're doing does that so just to finish on, what do you think is going to happen? Like, do you think Mourinho will see out the season, or do you um, think he's, if, is it going to like all just melt down? And... If I'm completely honest, I think he's going to stodge through the season. Um, he'll go at the end of the year. I mean, he won't be main night manager next season. A bit like Conte last year, that everyone knew he was gone after game three. And then he kind of just stodged through. It's pretty acrimonious. Yeah, and it just kind of went, brruh, brruh, and now he's gone. I think that will happen, and we'll win the FA Cup. See, I think the Champions League is a big thing. I think if he doesn't get past the group stage of the Champions League, he's gone. 
Yeah, that's fair. Because they're they're just back in that competition, and and yeah. you know they there that's are different metrics be, to yeah. judge Mourinho. You know, yeah. and, and as far as their world global branding goes, he hasn't fucked anything up yet, really. Mm. But he's working his best to do it. Also, United in the market for a um, director of football. So they haven't got a director of football, and all the other big clubs have a director of football, and you have a philosophy for the whole club. Man United don't have that. Man United don't have any connection between the academy and the first team at all. Like it's all very disparate and weird. Um, so they're trying to get a director of football to come in. They'll come in this year, and in the summer they'll hire the manager that that director of football wants. Steve Walsh is looking for a job. No. Get Walsh. <laughs> Walsh. But we should move on to get Classen in. <laughs> it's it's a weird subplot to the season, but I I mean I. There's we'll so much. On, there's so much talk about it. Well, yeah, I'm just. I, I don't get that much enjoyment from the Mourinho saga. Like I, I the, my. We'll stop talking about that. Well, no, my enjoyment just comes from you, you and United suffering. Like, <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of enjoyment from yeah, that. Yeah, you've that? had so many years of success. It's good to. Yeah, no, it's you know. fair. Um, what would anyone like to talk about first? Do you know what I learned this week? So uh, when we talk about teams that are organised and defences that are good, I mean Van Dyke has changed the way oh. Liverpool fe- play football. Um, I think it's 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 a phenomenal like. Is he making Lovren play better? Uh, yes, he's playing with Joe Gomez at the moment. Joe Gomez moment. And do you know that Liverpool have not conceded a goal at home since February? Yeah, it's crazy. That's really good. Not conceded. Not even not lost. Not conceded since February. Everyone last year was like, oh, they're a bit dodgy at the back. They're just they're not now. They're the best defense in the league. It's um, I, I think it's outrageous, and and we knew that was what they needed. And they spent a lot of money on him, and everyone questioned the cost. But right now, it's a that's the quote: "Like no one gives a shit how much he costs. If you're no. not going to concede a goal at home since February, <laughs> then no one cares what you cost. I you're think worth Robertson's every penny." A, a big one as well. Like I, I agree. I think Arnold Van, and Robertson, but, but yeah. Van Dyke's brilliant. But they actually, for Liverpool's rotation, they they haven't changed it much so far this year. I mean, last year there was a bit of rotation between Gomez and. Arnold earlier yeah. in the year before Gomez got injured yep. um, and they got Klein to come back as well but I think Moreno was is was is shit yeah. and can't defend and they had um, Milner at and left they had back. Milner at left back and now I think they have gained so much by being able to play Milner in midfield he's probably best player again at the weekend yeah. and having a left back in Robertson that is left footed but can also can defend, but also is happy to bomb oh, on. And yeah. like he's been as a unit now. I think they're really good. And the missing piece of the puzzle was a goalkeeper. Yeah. Did you see Carius uh, uh, has gone out on loan? Yeah. yeah. You, um, did you see Allison's little skill when he when he oh, chipped yeah. it over yeah. the defender? <laughs> Outrageous. So for yeah. those who haven't seen it, loved it. Um, I was going to describe it. Don't, no, just watch it. Yeah. It's just absolutely yeah. outrageous. It's the best pass Showed by him. a goalie ever. Tell you a game that did my head in this weekend. Yeah, go on. Chelsea-Newcastle. Yeah, okay. Um, Chelsea won 2-1, didn't they, away from home? They won 2-1 away Scratchy from home. Scratchy 2-1. Scratchy 2-1. Now, I have read nothing but positive things about this game of football, and I think that's why it does my head in. So I'll start with one of the stats, which I think is, um, I mean, on the surface, it deserves a lot of respect. So George... Uh, Jorginho which yeah, is that yeah. what he says how you yeah. pronounce it Jorginho yeah. Jorginho yeah. yeah. total touch is 186 which is the most in a Premier League game since 2003 and wow. 30 more than the whole of the Newcastle yeah. team completed passes 158 <laughs> that is a pass every 34 seconds nice Jorginho had 15% of the possession wow Newcastle had 18% <laughs> yeah that is insane okay 
However, and here's why yeah. I apologise at the beginning of the show for yeah. being a belligerent cunt yeah. on this on this thing. They were horrible to watch, Chelsea. Really? It is the worst type of football. It's um, I completely disagree. Ah, oh, I, I I hate it. Absolutely hated it. Uh, I is it all sideways? Sideways? It is. Sideways, sideways short. No penetration against... Uh, Newcastle played a five-man back line. Newcastle played... They just defended. Like, yeah, they, yeah, props, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, there's no other way they could have played against Newcastle. Like, they defended on their goal... Um, on their penalty area and just stood there, nine players, and went, what are you well, going to do? But then Ch- Chelsea just kept the ball and sat in front of them and went, well, what are you going to do? But then and, they and won. Then they, and, well, they, oh, it was very lucky. They got a penalty... And then Newcastle equalised yeah. at one all, and then and then Newcastle scored an own goal. Yeah, so they won, but you know it's got nil nil screaming all over. I, think it. I just think that Chelsea the... had three shots on target and five corners to Newcastle's four yeah. or something. So I, I see the it, it was just in. horrible football. And and look, we we only have one life. <laughs> like and, and we and we watch a, we watch a lot of football in it, and at least you can have a some kind of preference. Like, like I, I thought this week, you know, I was so used to watching Big Sam draw nil nil, and now I'm watching Marco Silva draw two two. Yeah. What would I prefer? I'd rather watch two two, thanks, because yeah. I've only got one fucking life, <laughs> so I might as well enjoy it. So when I watch this this Chelsea side, I'm like, I can't condone yeah. this shit. Yes, you're going to win two one. You might if there's a penalty or an own goal yeah. or some nonsense. But it's just horrible. But isn't a lot of that on Newcastle? Because there yeah. is, it is difficult. If a team sets up to defend the edge of their 18-yard box with basically everyone behind the ball bar Rondon, it's difficult and to I, break that And down. also, from Sarri being only in his third game as manager yeah. and trying to introduce a new style of football to a team that played... Conte way of football last year and players playing in new positions Kante not being a defensive midfielder Jorginho getting used to the Premier League and being a diff- like he'd do that every week for Napoli um, and oh. Pep Guardiola said last year that Napoli were the, his favourite team in Europe to watch Like, of course he did because cause they do what he does better and the Man City Napoli games were brilliant and, yeah. and that's, yeah. that's the thing but what Man Napoli City were do, incredible and- to watch last year it was just attacking 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 but for Chelsea to introduce that, it's going to take a while, and um, I hope so. So because on I, I Newcastle, hope, then I hope this isn't this isn't the way that they're because I can't do it. But to no, me, Newcastle, Newcastle were Newcastle. At, Newcastle are at home. Yeah, they are playing a team that has a new manager. Like let's not forget, so it's not Sarri didn't even get pre-season. He got like no. what two weeks. Like to me, Newcastle should be expecting that their team is going to have a go. Yeah, you know, because you got Chelsea and Chelsea aren't world beaters this year. Like, I'm the only one that's got them in the top four. Aren't like they're not a great Although team. Although they've won three like, out of three. Yeah, but they haven't been great. Like I, I think Newcastle missed the trip because great I think teams win ag- when they're playing shit against Spurs. We we watched that game and I thought in the second half Newcastle really had a go yeah. and looked all right and and caused Spurs problems. And I think Spurs are a better team than Chelsea. But against Chelsea, they literally they didn't even try and keep the ball. They just they hoofed it. Kicked it. I'd like to go from this one on to Wolves because they yeah, did some similar, but like so the Wolves, same, same possession stats Wolves, in the Wolves game. But yeah. Wolves def- def- and we all watched the Wolves. We watched the game. Wolves game, but I, it was brilliant to watch. And Wolves defended. They recognised they were going to have to defend against Man City, but when they got the ball, they didn't just kick it away. <laughs> Jeff's just like, making a bloody Mary. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> they a bit of Tabasco. <laughs> they actually tried to attack Man City and get at Man City. Yeah, yeah, they. they and, I thought they were excellent in the yeah they defended well and were solid at the back but yeah there was a 
eagerness when they got the ball to do something with it and they had a plan they kind of got the ball and then their fast forwards the guy that played on the left whose name I can't remember who I thought was excellent Costa yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. who was really quick he was excellent but he was the out ball and Neves or Moutinho they win the ball give it to Neves or Moutinho who are great on the ball pass it to that guy uh, it, it reminded me of Leicester when and they then won the when um, Traore came on yeah. in the second half he caused you know similar thing he yeah. caused really caused some problems with his pace but I just I, I I don't think Wolves changed that much against Man City I, I like their coach you know Wolves are trying to bed in a whole new team as well yeah. they signed a lot of players so, so, okay so you're this only goes to affirm my point that you're trying to bed in new players you're trying to a new, yeah. but Wolves did it positively yeah yeah, like that. That's but the comfort I but Chelsea I see. did it positively. I think Newcastle were the problem. I don't think Chelsea are the problem. In and that Benitez game. has a track record of doing. Yeah. That. Yes. Okay. So I think. Um, um, oh, did you watch the West Ham game this weekend? The West, the West Ham Arsenal game. Yeah. Does anyone got anything else on the Wolves Man City? Oh, sorry. Or, I'm uh, sorry. Um. Or just I think you know the the wheels are falling off for Man City. <laughs> 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 They're, they're only fourth. Pep out. Uh, <laughs> uh, they look pretty good. Uh, one of the best saves I've seen in a long while, particularly oh, with his wrong hand. Rude Patricio, Patricio yeah. from Sterling. Um, br- brilliant hit by Sterling. Brilliant save. I, I just really enjoyed the game. I liked the fact that Wolves were defending, but then tried to attack. Like That's yeah. what you want to see. And I, I think we saw Wolves and will get on to Fulham but are going to add something to the Premier League this year because they have an identity and a way that they play and they're not Wolves didn't really change and they're playing Man City isn't yeah, that good it's you really know, they good. didn't do and they took a point off them and that's what that's what Monaco did to Man City it's what yeah. Liverpool did to Man City surely teams that have the capability of doing so or at least have the confidence to do so are going to look at those blueprints and go the this teams in recent it. history that have beaten Man City have just attacked yeah because and, otherwise, and defended at pace as well. Yeah. Because if you just defend, it just goes wrong. Because you just got to do a Newcastle sit there for an hour and a half. And we've only got one life, John. We can't <laughs> sit through that shit every week. <laughs> so, what do you think of the of West Ham Arsenal? So, okay. Arsenal beat West Ham three one. Um, okay, yeah, two, I've got a few points on this game. <laughs> Firstly, did you get it? comfortable? I can't believe Welbeck had that much time to do whatever he wanted to score the third goal. <laughs> yes, yeah. Did you see it? Yeah, they did have a week. It's, I had to watch it a few times to understand how, when you're in the 60-yard box, you can just chill out, eat a prawn sandwich, <laughs> look up, count the stars, decide which foot you're going to put it in, change your mind, t- and t- slot it do home. Do a turn like the QE2. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. Okay, however... I think that West Ham were actually pretty good in this game. Yeah, okay. Um, what's the what's that expensive bloke Philip called? Anderson. Philip Anderson. He looked good. He looked yeah. really good. Yeah. I mean, he was aided in appearance by the fact that Arsenal gave him space to run the whole pitch without challenging him <laughs> um, a few times. Yeah. But he did look good. His final ball was good. He was positive. He it's kept quick. working up. He's really quick. He also didn't always take the flamboyant option. So he didn't always get a ball into the box. So he didn't always look for the striker. Sometimes he'd, there was a point where he ran the whole length of the pitch and then played it out left to the to the wing back who, yeah. who was overlapping. And that takes a bit of maturity. So I actually think that he's a good footballer. And sometimes he did that as well. I like with happy to be without the ball. Like you yeah. give it, give it simple, and then make a run. Yeah. Whereas sometimes when you get those players, they only want to be on the that's ball. Exactly and right, like, and I think I that's like that. that's really positive. And you know that game was it was fifty fifty for a while. And but this is the problem because this is what happens when you have a start of the season like West Ham. You you 
you're in games. You know, you, you do better than it than the scoreline suggests, and you and you keep your pride. But they have a good chance of going seven games without a single point on the board. Yeah, because their fixtures are awful, aren't they? Horrendous. Yeah. The easiest game they've got is away at Goodison Park. Yeah. But I just thought defensively, uh, both teams were a disaster. West Ham should have been two 0 up. When yeah. they, they obviously went one 0 up, but it should have been at least two. Yeah. Um, I, I actually I got frustrated. It was like I was channeling buddy Alan Hansen or something <laughs> on matches. Where's the, the proper defenders but gone? It, it was useless, and there seems to be there's you know when there's like trends in football. And I was seeing it in the United game, so I wouldn't talk about it. the the trend at the moment is to play out from the back. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what players you've got, you just do it. You anyway. just do it anyway. Yeah. And to me, watching Arsenal oh, try that, Arsenal try it, and it's not working. And yeah. the players clearly don't look comfortable. I mean, starting from the back, Czech is not that kind of keeper. No. Uh, they've got Mustafi and um, the, the Socrates, the, Socrates, the, the Socrates Greek guy. or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, and they just look awful doing it and in doing so kept giving West Ham opportunity yes. after opportunity I was like they why are you doing this like, and then they were clapping each other yeah, they were like like turn around oh. and clapping pet check not ironically <laughs> they were getting oh good good one for the, you know keeping to the plan and like you just put your whole fucking team under pressure because you're trying to pass out to a right back and you can't kick it straight it was I'm like really, Russian roulette it was just if Unai Emery's come in they've had the same coach for 21 years and he's trying to implement new things it's gonna take a while isn't it like they're gonna get it wrong, and you like I from Emery's. Stars, he's had all preseason. Though. He has had all preseason, and he's bought a keeper that will be better at it. I think he's not shown the bollocks to basically get rid of Czech. He needs to just go, Peter Czech. You're not my keeper. He it's, does, the, yeah. Because they they, they spent a bit of money on Leno as well. Yeah, so. like twenty mil. So yeah. they've not bought him as a sub. They've bought him as the main. Yeah, keeper. but you know. Arsenal won. Arsenal got the points of the board. It's a long season. We won't really remember the nuances of the game. Huh. But if I was a West Ham fan, I'd be watching that just pulling the hair out. I think they both looked like good in patches going forward. And they both looked really and they both looked at the back. Absolute shocking at the back. Yeah. West Ham have got Wolves away. Oh no, sorry, at home this week. I think that's a huge game. Neither must win. Well, because neither yeah. team have actually won a game yet. Wow. So Wolves have drawn two and lost one, and they. Played well, and they've like obviously drawn with Man City, and everyone's saying, "Oh, how good Wolves are! Brilliant." West Ham have been pretty crap, really. But if they get a win, they're suddenly above Wolves. And um, I don't think Wolves will panic though. I think Wolves have got a good manager, and and I they have a way of playing, and they'll be absolutely fine. I I think Wolves are a good chance of being top ten. They're they're in a different space, but they might lose this game. Different space than than West Ham. West Ham are a new side. They don't all speak English yet. They're not bedded in, and if they're seven games without a win like Palace were, they're going to be going, I know I'm getting 100 grand a week here, but what am I doing? I reckon West Ham might actually scratch a a win. win. I think they have to scratch. They will beat uh, AFC Wimbledon. Um, overnight in the league they scratched a win but yeah, we can't underestimate that because it's a win sometimes a yeah. win's a win and yeah it might yeah exactly it might do something for them but they if they go a goal down at home to Wolves after half an hour it's suddenly going to look really horrible it's going to start turning again soon yeah. and I can't see Wolves not scoring because they no. just I, 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 yeah I don't know their, their, their midfield is giving them no protection whatsoever and then their back four can't defend are, there, are Wolves everyone's favourite second team at the moment? At the moment, yeah. I think everyone's Fulham loving it. as well. I'm really enjoying Fulham. I, yeah, I just don't like the gold kit they wear. 
Like that's oh. my only problem. I hate wolves and hole because of the shirts they wear. <laughs> <laughs> always, <laughs> always said you're a rational man. Yeah. yeah. Um, is there any other games from last week that anyone? I kind of wanted to mention Watford because um, they beat Crystal Palace two one. Zaha's goal was brilliant. Yeah, Zaha's goal was. Very Did good. anyone see the Pereira's goal was really good. Etienne Capu foul on Zaha? I think it's Capu A. No, I haven't. Is it, it Poo? Capu? Because Capu. Capu. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, no one thinks that's weird. <laughs> I thought it was Capu A. No, it's not Capu A. Like, Capu A, like, you know, it's Etienne. mystical. It's but, but, no, it's not Capu A. Capu. <laughs> Like, no, it's like Kaplunk. Right. Kaplunk, but pooey. <laughs> awful, awful oh, really? challenge. Like, they clearly identified that Zaha was the threat and is good, so we're going to kick you. Yeah. And he just raked right down his Achilles. Oh. Um, and, I mean, it was a bit of me that was like, that is horrible, but also it's a clear strategy and, yeah. and, it, and it worked. They won. But, and they won, but I, I mean, I... No, I mean, are, are Watford good? I don't think they're great. I, I, I just wonder though, maybe they are great because everyone says they're crap and everyone's thinking they're crap and no one really rates their manager. You've got to forget them. Yeah, and like, who's Pereira? Who's Holibas? Pereira. Holibas was good last year. Yeah. I think he's, he's, but he's good. They're kind of these average players that yeah. no one cares about. They're, they're this year's West Brom. And they're fourth. They've won three out of three. Like, they look quite good. They play um, Spurs at home this week, so London Derby. Wow. I don't give them any hope, but I give them a tiny bit of hope. <laughs> <laughs> Newcastle play Man City this week. I wonder the way Newcastle set up. Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to watch that, just because it's going to be the same defender. again. Yeah. I think. yeah. Um, well, yeah, so we look forward to next week. Um, Leicester-Liverpool for me. It's going to be an awesome game. I think Vardy's, been... Vardy's out because of the straight red he got, so he's out for three oh, games. Yeah. And he's retired. That, cha- that changes everything, yeah. Leicester have been good, though, yeah. I thought. Uh, um, Slabed, uh, sorry, I know we've moved on to future, oh, no, but Slabed scored a goal not with his head. did great finish, I, too. I was really surprised. Yeah, I, didn't, yeah, I didn't know he could do that. Like, it was a bit of a <laughs> he's got a slab da- foot da- as well, daisy he? roller. Yeah. But, uh, P-roller, daisy car. <laughs> See what I did there? But, um, yeah, I, I think that'd be a good game, I agree. Um, uh, because it's the kind of game that Liverpool a year ago would not win. Yeah, they fuck it up. Um, but also, uh, yeah, Leicester have started well, but I just, I think it's going to be a really good game. What think, is what time is that? One. It's the early can, game. It's the Saturday night oh, early great. game. I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. Yeah, nine thirty. Um, yeah. Not that many games jump out at me this this week. Uh, the the only if I'm going to throw a wild card in there, yeah. it's that Cardiff might not lose against Arsenal. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I I think Cardiff. Neil Warnock's going to sit in that change of room and go, "This is Arsenal. They're all wet flannels." <laughs> yes, exactly just right. Yeah, them. just get them in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, just... Do you know? I heard a story about Neil Warnock in the week. Here we uh, go. He, I can't remember who he was managing at the time. It was one of his previous clubs, and they'd signed a guy from Tranmere. Mm. I can't remember. He basically come in to be, you know, be the main man. And um, he was Warnock was going to give him his debut, and he uh, was taking all the set pieces. So in training, the, everything they set up was this guy, new signing coming from Tranmere, taking all the corners, yep. taking all the free kicks. They practiced it all for training, mm. and then on the day of the game, Neil Warnock comes in and he gets them all together, and he said, 
he told everyone that his wife had had a dream the night before that Paul Pesky Salido was going to score a goal. <laughs> so he dropped the new signing and he didn't even make the squad. And he played Paul, no. Pe- played Paul Pesky Salido instead. And he didn't score. But I'm just Did they like, win? Did they lose? I don't know. That's so good. But I'm just like, that is, he's a manager that's in the Premier League. <laughs> like, he's a clown. That's amazing. He's an old school clown. When clowns were still funny, Neil Warnock was one. <laughs> He's got a good nose, but do, do, do we think he might be? They might be Arsenal. I just don't think. I think they might not lose. It's going to be an ugly uh, game. Ki- lots yeah. of kicking. And if you think like Arsenal can't defend at the moment, and what what are Arsenal doing? They're just like as we were saying, playing out of the back, not very confidently. If you just get Bobby Reid to run around and chase them down and harry them, something's going to happen for Cardiff. So I can see them getting a goal or two. Don't ever means they'll win. Uh, we've already touched on it but West Ham Wolves is a big game mm. if you're going to have a big game on week four I think both of those clubs they just need points yeah and it'll make a big difference if you get a win and suddenly like at this time of the year you shoot up the table it is a bit of an underwhelming week isn't it you're right. I, I think yeah Leicester Liverpool West Ham Wolves are the picks for me I'm not yeah. I, I tell you for an underwhelming week I saw a really good um uh, news story this week. Well, should we go on to side stories? This is, yeah, go on. Um, so there's a new. You know, every year they change the rules. So every year there's an update to to the rules. In in you're looking at me blankly. Yeah, no. Every year they change the rules. You know, there's slight oh. rule changes. You know, updates on wordings. No. Do they? Don't they? It might change interpretation. There we right? go. Yeah, you're with me. Go on, get on board. Do you mean in the okay, red, like the, the guidebooks for referees? Yeah, and how you they know, they, they, the, rules. the rule book. Well, no, I don't think the rules, the laws. So of anyway, the game. Every, every, every week they change the rules. There is a new rule in La Liga this year. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. This, yeah. Okay. La Liga mascots can't be bigger than a normal sized person. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Right. How great is that? So, but, but what were their massive heads? Yeah, they put, always put on a massive head. can't be any bigger than a normal-sized head. How do you define a normal-sized person? Yeah. Well, there's the thing. What about Andre it? the Giant? You couldn't or? have the old, what's his name, the bloody central heating unit for West Brom. <laughs> <Yeah>. boiler. <laughs> or you couldn't have um, uh, Godosaurus. Harry, Godosaurus Harry the Hornet. Harry the Hornet. Harry the Hornet's <laughs> band. You could have the Everton Mint Girl. Yeah. She's a normal-sized person. That's so weird. It yeah, can't be a, weird. A, that's really odd. Yeah. Gunnosaurus, fuck off. The um, laws of the game thing, I um, uh, was just listening before, you know, when we watched the Man City Wolves game and we were talking about the handball and yes. uh, Wolves' goal hit his hand. Yeah. And none of us knew. Well, none of us knew what to do. Whether it was yeah, actually. Uh, apparently, nobody knows. So there's, a, there's the laws of the game, and then the referees are given. Um, a different guidebook on how to interpret the rules yeah. and my understanding of it is that it's not against the law of the game says that it has to be um, you know if it's ball to hand it's not a free kick yeah it's got to be deliberate it's got to be deliberate and therefore it could be a goal yeah. but the guidance that referees are given on how to interpret the rule changes and so Generally, the guidance that the referees are given is that if a player's hand has directed the ball towards goal, even if it's inadvertently, the goal shouldn't be allowed. So there's so a difference between a free kick, indirect free kick, indirect free kick. Yeah. So, but it, they change the interpretations of it. So okay. the rules change at every the year, World don't they, Cup. Rush? Apparently, yeah. I was getting angry at the World Cup because of some of the handballs that were being given. Apparently, 
the interpretation of the handball, the way the referees were instructed to interpret it at the World Cup was different to how it was in the Premier League and in Champions League. Which is, if it just hits your hand, it's a handball. It was more strict, yeah. Which, that's fine. I kind of don't agree with that one because a ball can go anywhere. But why don't they tell us? Yeah, be transparent about it. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Because, like, if if you're going to change the rule, fine. Let me know. So then I can go, oh, that's a handball. Or rather than going, oh, it's not a handball, and it actually is, because they've been told that it is. It would have been really interesting as well, I was thinking about it, when we were discussing it, and then there's been, like, everyone's been talking about it in the week, and still no one knows. Like There's all, there's all these people that know a lot more about football than us, but still no one knows. And I'm like, imagine if it was on VAR, but then still no one, no knows. one would have yeah. known. Yeah. And it just would have been like, oh, what do we do here? Um, any other side stories, Rog? I've, I've got... Oh, uh, God, Jeff, you, um, you're really excited. Did you see the... <laughs> So, okay, right, you know, <laughs> you know, in some Mickey Mouse leagues, you can, yeah. you know, have sponsorships and stuff and like a, a fan can come on and take a kickoff. Yeah. You seen that? So in, in League 1, yeah, League 1, League 1, as in the French the League, league. We, who has the richest, the most expensive player in the world, it's not really a Mickey Mouse League. Mickey, well, it's a Mickey Mouse League, it's like, it's like a No, it's just only one team. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm Jeff. One and a half, yeah. 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 Um, so um, there's a Marseille fan yeah. who was allowed to take the kickoff. Okay. So went on the pitch to take the kickoff. Like the actual kickoff. The actual kickoff. This is what what happens in football, Roger. This oh, is I modern football. I don't like this. I was wondering whether I should bring this story up because I knew. The, yeah, it's the, making the, me the, really unhappy. Yeah, I knew <laughs> that would happen. So, I, I, but I thought I'd bring it up what anyway. A fucking gimmick. Oh, there we. Do you want to? Yeah, carry on. Yeah, sorry. So, sorry. So this kids. It's meant to just take the kick off, kick it to to one of the teammates, and then run off, and everyone's going to clap him. It's yeah. like it's like flipping the coin, you know, like having yeah. a mascot flip the coin, but it's one step further. Um, so this kid, instead of kicking it to someone else, he started dribbling down the pitch, and he dribbled past the midfield, dribbled past the two central defenders, and just spooned it in the top corner. <laughs> ran off down the touchline, pulled his shirt off, spun it round above his head. This is like a thirteen-year-old boy, but. Fat kid too. So like, as he's running and he's taking a shot, you can see his little man boob just like jump up and down, really hypnotic. You're like watching this really, like, unfortunately sized kid just like man boob everywhere. Whole crowds on their feet applauding this kid. Moment of his life. That's amazing. We'll never top it. Amazing. So does the goal stand? Or do they just start again? That's a great point. I just don't know who he plays for. <laughs> Could have been an own goal, like that amazing <laughs> own goal in the um, Carabao Cup overnight. Oh, that was amazing. Oh, if anyone's not seen that, I put it up on Facebook on our page today. Um, it's the, it's the game, big, was it? Yeah. yeah. And it's the big. It's on his debut as well. So it's his first game for the club. And he's gone to kick it clear. It's just come off his shin and gone over the goalie's head. Yeah, and outrageous. Uh, Berahino scored as well in, in the morning. Yes. The morning's action. February 2016. 900 days. 900 <laughs> days he got a paycheck without scoring a goal. Do you know, before, wow. um, at the start, we have a question. My question was going to be around that. Um, and he should be eat your heart out. <laughs> what was your question? <laughs> the question be? was going to be, how many goals has Harry Kane scored since Berahino last <laughs> Oh, yours was better than mine. How many do you reckon he scored? Um, it's 913 days. Uh, oh, 98. 115. 103. Wow. There you win. Yeah, I told you. Yeah. That was why I had my question. Um... <laughs> Should we talk about Gary Mabbott? Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know who Gary Mabbott is, Gary Mabbott was <laughs> just from Bristol. Spurs legend. He was captain of Spurs for a long time. Captain them when they won the FA Cup in 91. Um, 
in when Gazza was in the team. Uh, he always looks very tanned. Always looks tanned. He, he like always goes on holiday to the south of Spain. Um, he's now an ambassador for Spurs, but he went on holiday to Africa on safari. I don't know this story. Um, and whilst why are you laughing already? What's <laughs> going on? Know this story. <laughs> he, he, he had to come home from holiday, and I'll, I'll make sure I get this right. Um, but he had a bit of an injury whilst away. Um, and whilst he was asleep, a rat started eating his foot. So what? <laughs> Chewed his toe down to the bone. Yes. Sorry, a rat ate his foot. He's got diabetes, and the rat, no, <laughs> no, Gary Mabbott, and so and he has no feeling in his feet. And so uh, he was on safari, and a rat crawled into the tent. Where was he? And in the tent. No, yeah. well, like, where was he on safari? Yeah, I'm not I mean, because sure. I want to avoid this. That's <laughs> yeah. why. Um, you know, it might be in Kruger National Park or something. But um, do you have feeling in your toes after your accident? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rat well, yeah I'm <laughs> rat safe. Yeah, but the, I read a, a side story to this as well, which is because um, well, it's been in the news a bit. And uh, Campbell Brown, who's an was an AFL footballer for Hawthorne, yeah. his father-in-law has the same issue with diabetes, and he's got a pet chihuahua. <laughs> And the pet chihuahua <laughs> chewed off not one toe, but both. No. He had to get his toe amputated. But I'm like, that means his dog knowingly, your dog knowingly ate your toe. Like, do dogs, <laughs> why would a dog eat someone's toe? It wouldn't. It would just, oh, well, it did. So, so, sorry, go back to this Spurs bloke. Yeah, Gary Mabbitt. So, didn't he just bleed out? Like, how well, did he... I, think, I think, I presume he woke up and was just like, oh, there's something chewing my foot. Woken up at some how point. How much of his foot did he chew off? Whole, to the bone. To his bone. To the bone? Chewed his, his toe, toe to the bone. Yeah, it's not his foot, it's just his toe. toe. But... Wow. Yeah. yeah. And he came out with some quote about, like, I played for 20 years and I was fine, but now a rat screwed me and I can't walk anymore. Yeah, South Africa. Unreal. Yeah. So that's Gary Mabbitt. Um <laughs> Going from Gary Mabbitt to CM De Jong. Did you see this? Yeah, the new Sydney signing. This one's Sydney. Um, Ex-Newcastle. Did um, he really play for Newcastle? No. He, there was so a bit of fanfare when he arrived, but he never really played much. He's had he? loads of... Um, they called him the wrong De Jong. The wrong remember? De Jong. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> At the same time as like Nigel De Jong. Yeah. All the other better De Jongs were out there. They got like, the wrong De Jong. <laughs> it's true. I like that. He um, played at Ajax. He's played in the Champions League. He's got twenty odd caps for Holland, and he's he, he plays number ten, and was very good. But he had a collapsed lung twice. Um, wow! And rats, probably, probably from rats. <laughs> yes. Um, and he's had various like weird injuries and stuff. So he's kind of he's basically not got a body for sport, but he's got all the technical ability. So. Perfect for the could be good, yeah, 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 because yeah. got no pace. Put him and uh, Bolt in the same team, then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah he'd pass the ball to Bolt. The thing is, Sydney have lost two of their best players. In the yeah, they season. lost Bobo, didn't Bobo, they? Bobo, and the other bloke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> something of it. But they do see who they've got from um, Reading as their new striker. Go on, Lafondre. Do you remember Lafondre? Oh, Adam, yeah, Adam, Adam Lafondre. Yeah. Oh well, you know, he was crap. the A League's looking great this year. You say up the wing. I did all right in the Championship. He might do. Oh, he's about 47 now. Yeah. Um, the Going from the weird to Gary Mabbitt, just, I wanted to touch on uh, the uh, Geneva 
um, fans just because yeah. it was a there was a rather touching tribute this week. Um, there was the bridge in Geneva that collapsed, which is pretty tragic, um, and forty three people uh, lost their lives. Um, and at the match at the weekend, rather than doing a minute silence. They, did, they initially did a minute silence and then everybody stood up and applauded and then they were completely silent for the next 43 minutes of the game. Whoa. To, yeah. And they were winning 2-1 at that point, I think. So the goals went in. And they goals still, went in. And they just what did the players do when nothing. they scored? They just carried on. Apparently it was really weird because you could just hear all the players on the pitch. Like yeah. It was silence in the ground. And even the away fans just went, yeah, just no, went we'll do it as well. as well. And it was complete silence for 43 minutes, which is amazing. That's incredible. And then on the 43rd minute, they all cheered and started getting back into And it. who won the game? General 1-2-1. Wow. But it's interesting because I, I, um, the, there's a lot of issues with infrastructure in Italy. Um, I was well, talking, that bridge was bad. I was talking to um, Francesco about it. and um, That's just generic just Italian name, isn't it? You don't actually know someone. Your uh, brother-in-law. My talking brother, to Giovanni. My, my brother-in-law. And um, one of the issues is is that although the Mafia aren't necessarily what we think of the Mafia, they're not. it's not like that in Italy because they're so in, it's so ingrained in society and they became so entrenched in... Um, you know, government organisations, and particularly with things around public works, so roads, sanitation, mm. and things like that, that it's all just corrupt as fuck. And so, generally, when they announce a big infrastructure project, it either doesn't get finished or it just gets done really, really badly. It's money laundering. Because money just gets yeah. siphoned out of it. And this is really common. And like, we went to Sicily, and I've never seen so many like unfinished major roads like you're yeah, on the freeway and all of a sudden there's like a tree in the middle of the road like, <laughs> it is it is bizarre but then so i was like oh that's what this will be for sure but it's not it's some swiss company and they're like one of the biggest um, oh really b- you biggest, a way to tell us about his holiday biggest road <laughs> road building company you know in europe I when i was in sicily so driving on the road they're basically yeah. just tell us about china again or cor- russia corporate cunts <laughs> or brazil uh, and last I saw it, yeah, go on. Uh, or my uh, exotic brother-in-law. While we're on exotic <laughs> locations, uh, just wanted to give an update on the Asia Games. Oh yeah, there were Spurs and a particular family, uh, Sun's family, will not be happy because they lost to Japan last oh, night yeah. in the semi-finals of the Asia Cup. And obviously, if South South Korea had to win for Sun to be exempt from military service. And now he's going to have to do it. I don't. Two years. No two years. Two yeah. years. Yeah, two years. That's so the only lot. way that you can um, be exempt from it is if you win an Olympic medal, yeah. or you're in the final of a uh, major footballing tournament. Is that the case? Uh, I had to win. No, the the win Asia the Cup is winning it. Um, or an Olympic medal. So you could you could come yeah. third, yeah. and you're, you're exempt. And um, in Korea, that it's considered for him. He can't push for it. Because it's considered a kind of uh, yeah. a treasonous thing yeah, not got, to do it. Yeah. It's kind of in respect to your nation that you have to do it. And yeah. for for everyone to look up for him, he would be disowned if he found a loophole. Yeah, yeah. He'd be disowned by the nation. So he has to do it. Wow. wow. Spurs thought that's about why it he cried. That's, that's why he's full of tears in the World Cup when, yeah. when yeah. South Korea went out. Because because that that was his chart. You know, two more rounds and he would have been exempt. If um. 
Yeah, it's a huge thing for a footballer. He's at least, what, 25, 26, young guy. But two years out of your career is massive. I think you have to do it. You almost... I think 26 is the cut-off, too. Yeah, so he must be, he's got to do it now. Spurs haven't commented on it, so they've not come out with any releases yeah, at all. It's like, all over the does place. Does the club still pay him? Like, What happens to his career? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's ever... I don't think there's a yeah. test case. Well, well, there, there isn't, because um, the previous so when the World Cup was in Japan and Korea they did well yeah. um, and that and then there are a few people who uh, got so far that there was special dispensation which meant they only had to have two weeks yeah. so and then what are their football teams in the Olympics did well yeah, uh, at okay. under 20 like there's basically of, there's they like can, three they can generations the, of yeah, footballers who have all at one point in that generation done managed something. to done something that, that have yeah. exempted them the, However, this generation of crew well, have not, and and Song Min is. Uh, it's good they bought Lucas Moore then, isn't it? Yeah, he looks good. Yeah, it looks really yeah. good. Um, it's time for end feature, Jeff. Do you want to um, play us a new song? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. One. You ready? Yeah, ready. Go. <laughs> <laughs> the, the intense build. You outfoxed yourself there. Yeah. So it was a bit it, of a new one. <laughs> Give an update on end feature. Last week, uh, Jeff bet on Huddersfield and Leicester to win, and Huddersfield d- screwed that over for you. Yeah, one goal away. I bet on Palace to beat Watford, which now looks stupid. So I didn't <laughs> win. I should have bet on Cardiff beat Huddersfield to be nil nil, which you oh, did say was going to happen. We should have, should have, should have, should have, would have. Yeah, straight away you were like that game, no goals. Yeah, <laughs> as soon as I saw the result, I'm like, oh, what a John. I yeah, should have said something, done something. But then, Rod, you actually won your bet. Yeah, you bet on uh, Leicester to win a half and Arsenal to win and there'll be over two and a half goals in the game. So that means, Rod, you've won about 60 bucks in the last uh, three weeks and is top of the league. I'm second and Jeff's yet to win a dollar. Yet to win Maybe this is your week, so, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, what's your bet this week to win you a first dollar? Well, I've gone for something simple. Ooh. I think that Sadio Mane will score. Oh, nice. At any time during that game. And it's paying a dollar eighty-three. Good, oh, solid. Should be paying more than that. That's it against Leicester. No, no, that's a good bet. He's look good. Firmino's away for Brazilian duty. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. So he might be playing up top. That's what, that's what I think. I think Marnie. Yeah, Marnie's look good this year. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Come we'll, on, come we'll, on. We'll, we'll take the piss out of you next week though when it doesn't come in. <laughs> um, Raj, what have you gone for? I've gone for Palace to beat Southampton. I think Palace have been good, Southampton are crap. Yeah. And over one and a half goals in the game. And I've gone for goals. <laughs> You've done it again. You're adding you're making two bets out of one. And to win the game and over one and a half goals. So it's, it's one a win. Bet. Yeah, but to win they've got to go one goal. So just one goal. Yeah, but it goal. makes the odds like much better. Should we ban him from this week? That was that was paying a dollar eighty for Palace to win. That bet is paying two sixty. The, the reason why we kept it to, to, to all the two legs is because it's so boring. To and you've well, just, I was going to I now. was going to go through it quickly. So but John, what are you started talking about? <laughs> go on. Uh, and then I've gone goals in West Ham and Wolves over two and a half goals, and it's all together. It's paying five dollars thirty one. I really hope that doesn't come in. Um, be, well, actually, no, I do part of it. Because I've bet on over two and a half goals in West Ham v Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as that bit comes in. Um, I've also put money on uh, Aaron Ramsey to score for Arsenal against Cardiff, against his old team. Oh, wow, yeah. you've gone back to the well. Yes. yes. Back to the well. Of um, and there's been a lot of talk about Aaron Ramsey this week and his contract's up and stuff. And 
Um, Emery's been playing it at number 10 uh, instead of Ozil. Oh, so, no, these things happen. Ozil what's was that, sick what's, again. What's that pain? Uh, 5.46. They fell out. I think. Do, do you know Ozil has been sick? Missed a game because he's sick nine times in two years. <laughs> nine <laughs> times. Tell me another player who gets, who gets sick. Like, you never get that. Like once every so only the whole Arsenal team that one day was, no the whole Spurs team remember yeah, they ate all oh, yeah. that's the only <laughs> other time Dodgy I ever crab remember at the airport. ever remember anyone getting sick but bloody Mezit Big Eye is like <laughs> fucking spewing um, his guts up he had a falling out with um, Unai Emery though I don't think it uh, so he pulls a sickie yeah. no I don't think it was a sickie I think they're saying there was a training ground they just up. used it as a sickie they used it as a sickie Training ground throw up. Um, has anyone got anything before we leave? No, no. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll be back in the shed next week, so it will be available Thursday morning. Um, if you want to get in contact, shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast.gmail.com. We definitely check it all the time. We check it all the time. Find us on social media and don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe and tell your mates. Thanks, everyone. Bye. And wear socks to bed. Might be some rats. (laughs) Watch out for the rats.